start out, all I want to say is thank God for the book of Proverbs. There's such safety in its warnings and such life in its commands and instructions. And I am so excited to go through this book over the next several weeks. The most funda fundamental issue in everybody's life is this. Will you run your own life or will you turn to God and His wisdom? And the reason people do not look to God to govern their decisions is because they do not really believe God is the answer to life. They cling to the lie that they still know best. And the book of Proverbs is written to destroy that lie and to call you to the safety and the blessing of God's wisdom. I mean, just look around you and you can see that most people's lives are not well ran. And you can look at your own life and see harmful, or unwise, or foolish things that you've done or said. How did human beings get so messed up? Well, the answer is in Genesis. God created us to walk with Him and to be wise and to experience the happiness that goes with that. But when Adam sinned, we lost wisdom. In the language of Proverbs, we became fools. We are no longer safe captains of our own ship. Uh, Augustine said, what am I to myself without you but a guide to my own downfall? Left to our own ways, we will hurt ourselves and our families and others. And if you don't really believe that yet, you will continue living foolishly. Without God's wisdom to manage our lives, we became foolish in our speech, in our work habits, in the way that we handle our emotions, in what we do with our money and how we handle our sexuality. But when we are saved through Jesus Christ, God begins the process of making us wise. 1 Corinthians 1.30, Christ has become for us wisdom from God. And Paul said to believers, he said to us, be careful how you walk, not as fools, but as wise. Do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. It's Ephesians 5, 15 and 17. So, can believers live and act and speak foolishly? Well, yes, of course. And we suffer the consequences of that too. But we are called in Christ when we're saved, when we get saved, we are called out of the foolishness of our own will and into the wisdom of the Lord's will. In Proverbs, the fool is the one who casts off or rejects the wisdom of God. Proverbs 1.7 that Josh talked about last Sunday. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and discipline. The fool doesn't really believe he needs wisdom from outside himself. He is wise in his own eyes, so 
he acts without God's counsel, without God's wisdom. And that's what foolishness is in the book of Proverbs. It is basically just doing life on your own, navigating your own life, running your own life, navigating your own ship. On the other hand, wisdom is seeking God, seeking God's will in every area of your life. And so we're going to find out in Proverbs that this book addresses your emotions. It addresses anger and jealousy and joy and how to have joy. It says a lot about money and debt and wealth and giving. It talks about disciplining children, raising children, children obeying parents. It talks about sexual sin and sexual enjoyment. It talks about diligence and laziness and how we talk. It speaks about eating and drinking and all kinds of things about our relationships with other people. In other words, whatever is going on in your head and in your life, God has something to say about it. And wisdom is bringing your total person under the safety of God's will and His wisdom. Just to get really practical before we get into this passage this morning, what are some evidences that we are not seeking God's wisdom? Well, things like taking a job or deciding to move without seeking God's wisdom and priorities. Uh, Running around with friends without listening to what God says about our friends. Right here in chapter 1, verse 10, it says... My son, if sinners entice you, do not go with them. And verse 15, do not walk in the way with them. Hold back your foot from their paths, for their feet run to evil. Evidence is that we're not seeking God's wisdom is making decisions about boyfriends and girlfriends, making decisions about sex and marriage without God, making decisions about going to church or choosing a church without considering what the Bible says, clinging to thought patterns and emotional patterns without submitting them to what God says, speaking without self-control. All of these and much, much, much more show just a failure to, to listen, to submit our lives to God's wisdom. So again, Proverbs calls us to to do all of life God's way. And this essentially means Jesus is Lord. God is king. God is boss. God is your real authority. Uh, Regardless of your own thoughts and ideas, regardless of the way that you were brought up, or what your friends say, or what the experts say, you go to God for your direction, for your authority, your wisdom in every matter of life. And that's why Proverbs says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. In other words, you become and you only become a wise person by fearing God enough to honor, respect, and obey what He says about life. And that fear causes you to live your life in His will. That, that fear causes you to live your life well 
and then to reap the benefits of that. Now, in this book, it is not only that there are two ways to run your life, although that is a big thing. There's, there's foolishness and wisdom. There's God's way on, and your way. But the message of Proverbs is to choose God's way because calamity, misery, and destruction will come upon those who choose against God's wisdom. And on the other hand, blessing, happiness, and well-being will flow to those who do life God's way and operating under God's wisdom. Verse 32 of our passage here from Proverbs chapter 1 says, The waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. Verse 33, But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. This dual message permeates the, the Proverbs. Chapter 13, 13. Whoever despises the word brings destruction on himself, but he who reveres the commandment will be rewarded. You see, you see this duality going on. Whoever despises the word brings destruction on himself, but he who reveres the word, uh, the commandment will be rewarded. Verse 14 and, 13 of, uh, 14 and 15 of Proverbs 13, the teaching of the wise is a fountain of life, but the way of the transgressors is hard. In other words, God's laws are the only way that things work well. God's laws are the only way that things will work well for you. All God's ways, all God's wisdom results in, in things that are good and life-giving to us. To disregard God's wisdom is to throw sand in your gas tank or it's to declare war on yourself. Uh, people think they will get away with breaking God's laws but instead they break themselves upon God's unbreakable laws. Uh, a missionary by the name of E. Stanley Jones said, the kingdom is the only workable way to live. You do not have to manufacture ways to be happy. You just are happy when you obey the kingdom. And that's what Proverbs says. And Proverbs 3, verse 13 through 18 says the same thing. Blessed or how happy are those who find wisdom, those who gain understanding. For she is more profitable than silver and yields a better return than gold. She is more precious than rubies. Nothing you desire can compare with her. Long life is in her hand, and in her left hand are riches and honor. Her ways are pleasant ways, and all her paths are peace. She is a tree of life to those who take hold of her. Those who hold her fast will be blessed. Or could be translated, those who hold her fast will be happy. Happy in the fullest biblical sense of the word. Now, as believers in Jesus Christ, we emphasize that 
a lot of things are settled in eternity. Ultimately, justice, uh, rewards, all these kind of things are settled in eternity. Our, our reward, Jesus said, is at the resurrection of the righteous. Our big blessings are spiritual blessings and eternal blessings. But that is not to say that there are not consequences in this life. Not at all. In Proverbs, we see drastically different outcomes in this life that accompany both accepting wisdom or ignoring wisdom. Proverbs 11.31 says, If the righteous are repaid on earth, how much more the wicked and the sinner. Practical holiness and practical outcomes in this life is the focus of Proverbs. And again, the, the things that matter most are, are things, that, things in eternity. But you know what? We live 60, 70, 80, 90, a few people, 100 years. That's a long time. And I don't know about you, but I want things to go as well as they can during those many, many, many years that we walk on this earth. And that's exactly the benefit of Proverbs for you and your family. For example, Proverbs 24.30 says, I went past the field of a slacker and by the vineyard of a man lacking judgment. Thorns had grown up everywhere. Thistles had covered the ground and his stone wall was broken down. Well, there are some spiritual and eternal lessons that you could take from that. But the point of Proverbs is that laziness results in stuff falling apart in your life right now. It's meant to address acting or living with wisdom in your present life and how to reap the benefits of that. But just so there's no confusion, this is not teaching a prosperity gospel. and we, we do not teach what is sometimes known as the prosperity gospel here. Uh, prosperity teaching says that health, riches, and success are always guaranteed to all Christians. And it turns, tends to turn believers' attention to, toward those things or to seek those things. On the other hand, Proverbs teaches us to fear the Lord and to seek His wisdom and then it shows that doing things God's wise way generally does result in life being better and more blessed in many ways. In other words, or for example, uh, if a person doesn't get drunk anymore and stops stealing and repents of laziness and is faithful and reliable and works hard, and doesn't pursue uh, get-rich-quick schemes and is generous and kind and stops destroying people with their tongue, generally that person's life will be better off than when they were living in sin and disobedience to the Lord. So in Proverbs we find the blessing of emotional health, more joy, more peace, we find the blessings of, of physical health, even longer life, better marriages, better homes, better financial outcomes, better relationships, and more. 
All right, so let's go uh, verse by verse through our scripture for this morning. Verse 20, wisdom cries aloud in the street. In the markets, she raises her voice. At the head of the noisy streets, she cries out. At the entrance of the city gates, she speaks. So God's wisdom here is pictured as a godly woman calling out to you, crying out to you loudly in the midst of all the noise of life, in the noisy streets, in all the commotion of your life, she urgently appeals to you to listen to her. Uh, This is a poetic device or a literary device, but the clear implication is that God Himself is pleading with you. God is pleading with us in the commotion of our lives to listen to His wisdom. There's an old hymn, Jesus calls us o'er the tumult of our life's wild restless sea. Day by day His voice invites me saying, Christian, follow me. Isn't that what life is like? It's sometimes like a wild, restless sea. There's tumult. There's drama. But God is calling. God is speaking to us. For those who will listen, God is revealing. He's always revealing His wisdom to us, always calling out to us to listen. Proverbs 2 says, the Lord gives wisdom. From His mouth comes wisdom and understanding. And so the basic business of your life and my life is to be listening. The basic business of our life is to stop and to be listening to God. And I love that picture. We listen through all the noise, the noisy streets, all the commotion. C.S. Lewis said, The very moment you wake up each morning, all your wishes and hopes for the day rush at you like wild animals. And the first job each morning consists in simply shoving them all back, in listening to that other voice, taking that other point of view, letting that other larger, stronger, quieter life come flowing in, and so on all day. He's talking about getting up in the morning and pushing back all those voices that either come from yourself or other people or from untamed, unwild wild emotions. And he's saying, push that all back and start listening to that other voice, God's voice. So wisdom's first message in, uh, is in verse 22. How long, O simple ones, will you love Being simple, how long will scoffers delight in their scoffing and fools hate knowledge? Simple, simple ones uh, may not be an expression or term that we use very often, but the word simple there simply means, literally means uh, open or too open. So simple ones are open, uh, naive, gullibly following ideas that are not from God. Scoffers are, of course, those who belittle or mock God or mock God's righteousness uh, or goodness. They're the kind of people that uh, will call you uh, a prude for wanting to be holy or do things God's way. Then, of course, uh, fools. And fools are those who hate 
God's rules. They, they, just, they don't want anything to restrain them. They just want to do what they want to do, and they hate God's rules for life. And so wisdom asks them a question, how long will you love being simple, simple ones? How long will scoffers delight uh, fools? How long will you hate knowledge? Wisdom's question for them is meant to awaken to them their foolish and dangerous way of living. If your wife says to you, and you're, let's say you and your wife are in the car driving down the highway, and your wife says, how long are you going to keep driving on the left side of the highway? She really isn't asking you for information. She is trying to wake you up to the danger you are in by driving into oncoming traffic. And that's what wisdom is doing here. Wisdom is asking, how long are you going to keep being a fool? Haven't you done that long enough? Haven't your own ways made you miserable enough yet? Verse 23, if you turn at my reproof, behold, I will pour out my spirit to you. I will make my words known to you. If you turn at my reproof, I will pour out my spirit on you. No matter how long you have spurned God, no matter how big a mess you have made, no matter how deep a trouble you've gotten into in some situation in your life, you can turn to God. And He will pour out His Spirit, His Spirit of wisdom upon you. And you can begin a new life. You can begin a new way of life, a wise way of life, blessed, filled with His Spirit, hearing God speak to you and lead you. And I love this promise. I will make my words known to you. If you turn to me, I will make my words known to you. Anybody, anybody here want that? Yeah. Wow, what a blessing wisdom offers if we will just turn from our foolishness and listen to her. But if anyone will not, if anyone absolutely will not have God's wisdom, they open their lives to disaster. And these verses are the most serious warning, I believe, in all of Proverbs. They're meant to create a fear of ignoring God's wisdom. And they show what a terrible place it puts you in to reject God's ways. And so here we go. This is not easy to hear. Verse 24, because I called and you refused to listen have stretched out my hand and no one heeded because you have ignored all my counsel and would have none of my reproof, I also will laugh at your calamity. I will mock when terror strikes you, when terror strikes you like a storm and your calamity comes like a whirlwind when distress and anguish come upon you. Rejecting God's wisdom invites a storm. It leads to calamity, uh, spiritual calamity certainly, but also often it leads to disastrous consequences in your life, in all of your life, in your home, in your marriage, your children, and 
money in every area of life. Now, is this saying that all our problems in our lives come from decisions of ignoring God's Word and His wisdom? No, not at all. Uh, Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation. But there are many miseries and calamities that come directly from choosing or living against God's wisdom. And, you know, even Peter warned, warned us. He said, if you're going to suffer, and you will suffer some consequences from this, if you're going to suffer, they'll suffer for, for, for righteousness. Don't suffer from being a meddler or a thief or an evildoer or just doing foolish stuff. Now, notice the progression in these verses. God calls. The person rejects all God's counsel. Calamity comes, and then wisdom laughs. First of all, God makes every, every effort to call us to His wisdom. He reaches out to us. He's calling all day long in the noisy streets, calling to us to listen. But there are people, and people can reject that. They can reject it day after day, year after year after year. And when calamity finally does come, it says wisdom laughs. Wisdom is not threatened by rejecting her, but she scoffs at the effort to defy her. It's the laughter of strength. I think it's very much like Psalm chapter 2, where God looks at people, and particularly at, at kings and rulers it talks about there, who say, let's rebel against God. Let's overthrow God. Let's throw off His chains, His shackles, and all of God's rules. And what does it say in Psalm 2? He who sits in the heavens laughs. He is not shaken by, by people threatening to go against him at all. Uh, commentator William McDonald said, This is not the laughter of cruelty or malice, but the laughter of how ridiculous it is for a mere man to defy the omnipotent God. Verse 28, Then they will call upon me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but will not find me. There is a point where the rebel can no longer get an answer from God. At, at some point, wisdom and safety becomes unavailable. And that's why the Bible uh, warns us in Isaiah 55. It says, Seek the Lord while He may be found, and call upon Him while He is near. In other words, when you sense the prompting of God, when you uh, hear that still small voice, Respond right then. When you hear God calling you, seek Him, turn to Him right now. Call on Him while He is near. Let the wicked forsake their ways and the unrighteous their thoughts. Let them turn to the Lord, and He will have mercy on them and to our God, for He will freely pardon. That's Isaiah 55, 6 through 8. Verse 29, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord, and would have none of my counsel and despise all my reproof. Therefore, 
They shall eat the fruit of their way and have their fill of their own devices. Again, I say, these are strong and sober warnings, and they're not easy to hear. But the third consequence of stubborn, continual rejection of God's wisdom says they will eat the fruit of their own ways. And isn't it so true that we, we taste how we have lived? We experience the results of our ways. Uh, and in a sense, this verse is, is, is not talking about God having to uh, create some sort of special action to respond to what people have, have done. It's basically saying that painful consequences are built into disobedience. And they are. Uh, Jeremiah 2.19 says, Your own wickedness will punish you. Your own backsliding will rebuke you. Uh, consider then and realize how evil and bitter it is for you when you forsake the Lord your God and have no awe of me, declares the Lord, the Lord Almighty. Jeremiah was saying, uh, backsliding hurts. Uh, sin brings misery and pain into your, to your life. And Jeremiah was saying that misery itself should be a deterrent to you heading any further down that path. Verse 32, for the simple are killed by their turning away and the complacency of fools destroys them. And that verse is just a summary of, of all the, the damage and destruction and misery that comes upon a person that's spelled out in detail all through the book of Proverbs. The result of living against God is, is disaster. It's ruin. And as I have said, these, these warnings are strong. That's, they're very stark warnings, and they are meant to uh, shock us, to, to stun us, and to create a response. And their purpose is to create a revulsion in your heart toward going your own way. They're to make you hate evil. They're to make you despise sin. And that's, what, that's the, the attitude of life that we are to have as believers. We are, uh, we are those who love righteousness and hate wickedness or hate evil. It's to, it's to create such a... Uh, such a, really a terror in our life of sinning and the damaging effects that it can have in our lives and, and to repudiate it. You know, I think if we really grasp this, um, we will uh, pray as, as Jesus taught us to pray, deliver us from evil and lead us not into temptation because we just, our, our prayer is, God, keep me from sinning. We don't want any part of it. Uh, but verse 33 ends up this way. But whoever listens to me will dwell secure and will be at ease without dread of disaster. So the main purpose of this section of Proverbs is clearly a warning, a strong warning. But the final thought is the tremendous upside to listening to God. And listening to God brings security and peace and no fear of disaster. Uh, A.B. Simpson said, We are putting ourselves in the hand of a loving father 
more concerned for our good than we can be, and only wanting us to be fully submitted to Him so that He may be more free to bless us. Isn't that good? So in closing, I want to turn to Proverbs 3, 21 through 26, which really expounds on this uh, final verse of, 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 of chapter 1. But he who listens to me shall dwell securely. Proverbs 3.21 says, Keep sound wisdom and discretion, and they will be life for your soul and adornment for your neck. Then you will walk on your way securely, and your foot will not stumble. If you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. Do not be afraid of sudden terror or of the ruin of the wicked when it comes. For the Lord will be your confidence and will keep your foot from being caught. It's just emphasizing that true safety, true prosperity is found in God's ways. Walk in His ways and you will not be afraid. You will be confident. You'll be able to sleep well at night when you have submitted your life to God's wisdom. And those who diligently seek God's wisdom become strong, confident people. It's not absolute perfection, but those who seek God's wisdom do become stronger, more confident, more secure people, living in peace. As Proverbs 28 says, the righteous are bold as a lion. There, there's a courage that comes when you know to the best of your ability, that you've submitted your decisions, your life, your choices to doing things God's way. So, before we go on in, in the upcoming Sundays and get into uh, all the individual topics on, in Proverbs, all the individual verses, uh, individual um, wisdom that we see in the book of Proverbs, that these two ways are set before us so clearly. And the consequences are spelled out. And if the Word, if the Word of God here has done its work in our hearts, we will fear rejecting God's wisdom and we will eagerly seek to pay attention to Him. We will just want to do that. We will strongly desire to see, seek or search for wisdom. And that's the important groundwork that this chapter accomplishes in our hearts. Its warnings and its blessings prepare us to seriously listen to God and to submit our lives to His wisdom and to want His wisdom and to make that choice. You know, I said at the beginning the most fundamental issue in everyone's life is this, whether you're going to live life on your own, make your own choices, go your own way, or whether you're going to turn to God and His ways and His wisdom. That's the fundamental choice before...